1: Welcome to another episode of Business, Business
0: Bros! <laughs> <laughs>
1: there it is! What up, ladies and gentlemen? Happy Veterans Day. Hernan is here, host of the Business Bros podcast, along with my co host,
2: the insurance bro and local resident, a resident, veteran, uh, resident veteran of there the show, uh, James C.S. with Pipeline Insurance. And as always, especially on this Veterans Day, we have an awesome awesome show planned out for you. Hubba, 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 what do you need? Whether you're looking for someone to help you fix your home or someone to help you buy or sell your home, today's guest has got your back. We are joined today by a special guest whose company is involved in both construction and real estate. From full home remodels to flipping properties and building additional dwelling units, also called ADUs, this company does it all! Joining us on this special Veterans Day episode, and happy Veterans Day to all of our service members out there, a broker and general contractor coming to us from Cal Home Co., please welcome Hanish Publicall!
3: Ooh, That's pretty good, right? Yeah, that was good. he wrote that up? I'm hyped up. Right? right? Yeah. When do I get to meet this guy? Right. <laughs> yeah. Wait, oh, wait, wait, that's, that's me? He he's coming in he's oh, coming, that's he's me. In a bit. Oh, yeah, yeah, right. yeah, gotcha. yeah, Me. All right, ladies and gentlemen. I'm that, I'm that guy. <laughs> Before that guy, we get to me, that guy. Hennish,
1: because he's been waiting here for quite some time, Ooh. we got to remind you guys, 365 pairs of shoes. We're at 347. Hey, actually, we're going to probably cut that off on Wednesday, because we're about done. We're about done, but we'll still take the extras, because we, we'll yeah, take yeah. all the donations we can. So if you guys got new shoes, you shoes, or you want to donate cash, hit James up, 619-884-0045. The guy also does insurance, so if you need a home, auto, commercial, life, whatever, It is you need, or maybe you want to add an insurance department into your business. We do all the heavy lifting for you. Hit James up 619 884 0045 or James at CSFIRST.com to find out how. DroneCoat.net forward slash business bros is our show sponsor. So if you guys want to get solar on your roof, lower that electrical bill, shopping for solar has no real easy way to do it unless you use dronecode.net forward slash business bros. They're going to take a drone, measure your rooftop, send it out to solar companies, send it out to roofing companies. You sit back, look at all the different quotes, pick the one that works for you drunko.net forward slash business bros henish i'm finally able to ask you actual questions so for those of you who don't know when you come to the business Bros show i i i don't say very much i'm really awkwardly quiet because i want to get to know the guest, so that you get to know the guest the same way we get to know each other but but henish was here for quite some time before so i got to know a little bit about him but henish for everybody who doesn't know you so far, tell me a little bit about yourself. How did you decide to get into this real estate game? How how did you decide to say, "This is what I want to do for the rest of my life"?
3: Um, hopefully, not the rest of my life. You know, I'm trying to peg myself as a business owner and not a business operator for the rest of my life. But uh, my first cr- career right out of college was with a mortgage company, mm-hmm. and so they had me underwriting loans for almost nine, ten months before, so I can understand them. And then I was selling them. I was a wholesale. Uh, account executive. So loan officers were my clients. And so from that, I learned real estate and kind of dribbled into other careers, whether it was management and then consulting. And I actually got to run the uh, real estate owned department, the foreclosed homes department for the bank during the last recession. So right that that time is when I got my license and said, you know, I'd rather be outside of this office. And join the sun. Instead of inside this office working the nine to five Uh, So that's kind of got my license, figured out some other stuff, hooked up with some other flippers and investors and along the way just met a lot of the right people and a few of the wrong people and learned what I wanted to do and learned what I didn't want to do.
1: And you decided to go get your your general contractor license?
3: Well, so that kind of works in technicality. So one of the owners of our company is a GC and and, and so I'm the CEO and majority owner. And so Mm -hmm. that kind of makes it um, enough where I can consider myself a GC since I own the company. Oh, all right, right. Haven't passed the test, but, you know, loopholes. But it's okay because yeah.
1: you have a licensed contractor handling that part of it.
3: Of Cor- uh, Correct, yeah. So if someone said, Henness, can you frame out a window for me? I would be like, eh, no, not me. I got the guy. Right. But So I'm mostly on the business development and just kind of strategic and organizing the company and making sure it keeps moving forward.
1: So tell me a little bit about becoming an entrepreneur a business owner versus a business operator we talk a lot about that but there's yeah. a lot of people who get stuck in the operations part of their business right how did you find a way to separate the two and decide that ownership and business you know actually running a business versus operating a business were going to be two separate things
3: this it's i'm still in pursuit of that right that's the end goal uh is to have a business that runs itself and then i can kind of check in once in a while but as long as i still have that title of ceo i'm still in charge Mm -hmm. right until i can become like the chief vision officer or just a board of director or something like that like i still have to be there every day show up drive business make sure people are working so i haven't i haven't changed i'm still a business operator right i i don't have my business working passively like i do an investment in a mutual fund yet Yet, yet, yeah, but that's that's the end plan, is to get to that level where it's working well, my staff knows what to do, everyone's generating business, and and, and things are growing and moving. But it, it's hard to step away from something that you built. You know, it's kind of like your kids or your family, your like yeah, it's your baby, and so I, I could see myself being pretty involved indefinitely.
1: It's yeah, well, letting go it's a trust issue partially and the other one is do you have the system in place so that it operates
3: well yeah it's it's the system and people i mean having the right people that can get it done right Mm -hmm. um and so now we're at the point where i've got a lot of great people that are effective in in some i would say are even more effective than i am so i like having that in there that's a good problem to have is I don't, I don't necessarily need to be the smartest or more pro- most productive guy at the company. I'd rather hire those people.
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. If you are, you're in trouble.
3: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, that's that, That's a quick way to get to like a nervous breakdown, like to have to be everything's on your shoulders. But now I've got some good people that I can rely on to execute, keep track of clients, keep track of billing, et cetera, et cetera.
1: How long have you been in in business now? Um,
3: as an as uh, independent business owner for a little over five years almost six years now
1: what would you what would you attribute to like getting to the point where you can a take a leap and then continue for five years
3: um it, it helped to have some good mentors and partners at first i didn't do this by myself so i you know i always came into it with some people to help me that were more experienced so having business partners that could help and advise was useful uh, but yeah it did take a leap of faith and just kind of jump into it and not not accept failure you know i just things go right and things go wrong but you just have to kind of get up the next day and keep plowing through it and eventually you know more things go right than wrong
1: yeah for sure but like i've noticed that in any type of business there's always multiple layers of what goes on in a daily operation right you have you know you, somebody's got to keep the book somebody's got to go out and meet with the clients. somebody's got to go out you know and and uh, develop a, a marketing strategy somebody's got to deal with your social media somebody like there's always different things yeah which ones have you noticed that you've kind of taken on yourself and you're like hey this is actually what i like to do and which ones have you noticed that you're like this is something i need to hire out to do
3: well for the the macro level marketing in terms of like slogans ideas where to target i like to do the execution of that i like to have other people do Mm -hmm. um i like to to bring in the leads Um, i like to find out where leads come from and then and then attack those And, and not the you know the Uh, unknown internet leads, I'm usually going to people or other business owners or, you know, people that are working with clients that would be primary leads for me. So those are the kind of leads that I like to get, not the let's pay someone for leads on the internet or Mm -hmm. with targeted ads. I don't really do a lot of that. I have a hard time quantifying the effectiveness of that. Uh, But I do find that if I take someone out to lunch, that usually turns into a lead in the next month, right? Or if I connect someone with someone that they need for their business, one of those two people turn into a lead.
1: So you spend a lot of time, well, building relationships, essentially.
3: That's super important, right? That's what it all, all it's all about. I mean, people wanna work with people they like, and um, if I can help you reach your goals, then you'll probably end up turning around and helping me reach mine.
1: So we were having this discussion, uh, James and I, earlier, because uh, we have 40-something agents that we have in our insurance company, and um, we're trying to get them to be more productive, right? And so, one of the things we always laid out is, well, we can do like a bonus incentive. Sure. And so that that is one thing, but my, you know, for me, I'm 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 starting to realize more and more that people have different types of things that incentivize them, that right? motivate them, yeah, that motivate them, that get them going in the in the right direction. Um, and in this relationship type business, you just mentioned something that was super simple. If I take somebody to lunch, right, it turns into a lead. You know, more often than not, the next month, it's almost like. Uh, let me I've helped you out a little bit whether it's something as simple as buying them lunch people feel obligated like they got to do more right. and there's not really a did you pay them a referral fee there's not really a you know did you get a bonus at the end all those things are great and they come with production. But how do you get somebody to continue to do this on a regular basis, to build those relationships on a regular basis? So there's
3: different, yeah, intrinsic motivations for people. One of the the biggest ones that I think that people like that they don't talk about is people like helping people. Mm -hmm. Even the greediest salesperson probably likes helping people just as much as they like earning that sale. Um, And I think that if you can spend your energies connecting with people and finding out how they can accomplish their goals and help them do that, They're not going to forget that. And then you're going to feel better about it as well. It's just going to uplift your experience of that next interaction you have that I'm going to meet someone and help them out. And either that person or the next person is going to turn around and give me business.
1: I've also noticed, um, and you can always tell where people come from with the words they use. You know what I mean? I've noticed that when I talk to people about that sort of strategy, I'm like, look, dude, you just got to help people out. You got to be of service to others. If you're not of service to others, you might get a transaction here or there, but it's not going to be a long term business. Right. And I get responses like, "But you know, if I do something, I got to get something back. Like, Mm. if I'm going to help you out, like, what am I getting out of it? Yeah. And that kind of it's it's really difficult for me to explain that it's almost like it's a karma type thing. It it, it, I don't know how to really explain building a relationship business, building a referral based business, um, much. Like other than saying you got to be willing to give of yourself without expecting something in return.
3: Well, it's kind of that abundance mindset versus a scarcity mindset, right? There's some people that think that there's only a finite amount of resources. I need to get as much of that as possible Mm. versus the other people that realize that there's probably an abundance of resources. And if we could just use them properly, there's enough for everyone. So having that mindset like makes me feel... Fine, giving away something like a lead or an information or a connection. You know, so anytime I connect to people that can do business, I never say, hey, where's my cut? Mm-hmm. Right. But they know that they owe, they owe me indirectly or, or directly. Right. So they, they just know that. I think people know that if someone helps me out, oh, man, I'm going to get that guy's back because he hooked me up. Right.
1: Well, we're talking a little bit before the show about about how this real estate industry is really small. Right. You get to know the people who are actual producers, people who are doing, you know, 90 percent of the work in this industry. Right. Because people know them. Yeah. You know, you know who they are when when you need help. They're like, hey, call X, Y, Z. Oh, you need this part. Call this person. It doesn't matter what it is. Home inspection, mortgages construction, whatever it is, there's those few people who get those constant, you should call this person. right? And it has to do, it's exactly what you're talking about there. It's because they help other people also elevate their game. They've helped other people do business together without that.
3: Yeah, I mean, you're you're trying to be a business partner. You don't want to just be the person that is on the receiving end. I want to be able to give as much or more than I receive. And and then that makes you more prolific in your community. For sure, people remember you. Mm -hmm. Right, because that person... That you remember, and we see this a lot in Facebook. I need such and such a person. And then, you know, those people will dish out the names of their partner companies that have probably hooked them up in the past. Mm-hmm. Right. And so that's nice to have other salespeople for you that aren't directly in your organization.
1: I like how you put that. They do become your salespeople. Yeah. I mean, Honestly, that's that's where the referral source comes in there. It's you just amass and that's what your circle of influence is for. Right. The better you treat your circle of influence, the more value you bring to them.
3: They're your salespeople. Yeah,
1: yeah, they're your sneezers. They're your idea viruses. They're the ones who are going to go out and speak your praise because you've helped them
3: out. Right. Even even with your insurance agents. Right. If you can get them to give so much that all their friends think of them. And and so that's that's one of my goals is to become that source for, hey, I need this. Who do you think because i'm well connected or i know the right people mm-hmm. i can get them in the right direction right so um I, I like being that person that gets those leads that i can dish them out and even if i never charge for them which i don't and give them out to people i mean that that's worth something i think
1: well let's bring people that's some, currency right let's, yeah let's bring people some value right now like we were talking a little bit about these these adus james mentioned it in your intro yeah right and how beneficial is it today? How, how, like if I have a home and I wanna do something that's gonna bring the most value to my home, why an ADU, why, what is, what's going on with these that, that's gonna make such an impact in the value of your home?
3: Well, there's been a lot of law changes in the last couple of years that have made these a lot easier and cheaper to build. It's still not easy or cheap, it's just easier and cheaper, right? But now uh, it changed from prior to 2017, only 5% of homes in California could have built one of these because of how difficult setbacks and easements and parking restrictions were, right? Even if you had all the money for all the fees, but now they've cut the fees, they've cut the restrictions on easements and and parking, and now 100% of homes in California qualify for an ADU, right? Coupling that with the housing shortage that we have, the return on investment for either getting financing or if you have the cash to pay for one of these is totally worth it. Any way you run the numbers, I've run this a dozen different ways, People end up netting anywhere from $600 to $1,000 or more by spending money to improve their house, right? And that excludes the equity they'll get in their property, right? Because you can build a lot cheaper than houses trade for.
1: So you're talking just on, like, in other words, turning this into a rental dwelling, right? Actually having cash flow coming in from it.
3: For sure. Yeah, I'd say it's probably 80-20 where the people that are building them, and we're talking, like, detached Accessory dwelling units. There's people that are converting their garage, right? We see that all over town People have converted their garage into an extra unit and they threw in a kitchen and a bath or a kitchenette And they rent that out for a few hundred bucks or a thousand bucks a month But people are also converting the space above their garage into a separate unit or if they've got a backyard They're converting that into an 800 square foot unit and that can hold two people, right? Um, So those kind of um Structures help the housing crisis, right? Because there's a massive shortage of rentals out there. Mm-hmm. Rents are through the roof. So if you can find some, build some place that's in your neighborhood that can, you can rent out, make good income on, right? A two bedroom rents for 2400 2500 pretty much anywhere in San Diego. For and sure. and you can build a nice unit detached for about $250,000, right? I run the numbers on that. That's like $1,400 in total payments, interest, and taxes. You're netting $1,000 a month.
1: That's a positive. And, and, and what you said earlier was that's excluding the equity that you've earned. Now you've increased the value of the home itself.
3: Right. And that's excluding the write offs that you get for your taxes as well for the mortgage interest deduction, right? There's all these little side benefits that you get. The rents keep increasing by more than your taxes do, right? Mm-hmm. And then your holding costs do. Um, and it, there's just no better investment that you can make. I can't think, like, once I explain that math to someone, most people are like, I can't afford to wait anymore. I want an extra $1,000 in my bank account, right? Because it takes about a year to start to finish. If you say, let's build one right now, November of 2020, you'll have it done.
1: How does the financing work for that? So um, let's say you have a homeowner that is in the home. Maybe they don't have the, the you know, quarter million dollars, $150,000, whatever it's going to cost them to build this unit in the back. Yeah. Uh, you know, how, where does that money come from? I mean,
3: So there's a few different ways, right? If you've got the equity, you can just do a cash out refinance and pull it out. Right. But if you don't have the equity, there's a lot of companies that are now specializing in construction loans. that will give you loans based on the after construction value of your property. Right. So if you're building a home or an accessory dwelling unit for 250 a foot um, and the value of property in your area is 500 a foot, sometimes they'll give you between 50 to 75 percent of that neighborhood square footage value for that ADU. So you could potentially finance your entire ADU with construction financing on your residential property.
1: And then upon completion, you refinance the property. Correct. Because now the additional unit has increased the value of your home. Correct. And then you can refi, restructure your loan. Now you have a 30-year fix, and it's all embedded, rolled into one.
3: Yes. Yeah. So basically just like that, but you know, it's one of those things like, that's not my specialty. No, no, no. Uh, no. And, and you should talk to your mortgage person, and they'll nail you down for that and make it make sense because um, that, that's not a good excuse. Not understanding the finances is not a good excuse to not get started on building one of these ADUs.
1: And it just makes total sense. There's a lot of uh, homes in a lot of places. I mean, you look at some of I, I'm the, w- one of the things that comes off off the top of my mind is things like PB, right? Where you're buying places that are really dinky, small, little places, and there and you have people buying them for six, seven, eight hundred thousand dollars, and pretty much demolishing them and putting up beautiful places. Yeah. And you know you can be you know one point three, two million, one point five million, seven hundred thousand right next door. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and just that on those small lots. Coronado's kind of the same way. You build them on small lots. But there's other places. Here in National City, for example, you have a large lots. You can take advantage of these of these I mean additional income units in those large lots, making it and, and, and you know, when I when I think about it like that, it's not just the income dwelling. You have multi families living together. Right. Which can make things a lot more economical. But now you have you know, essentially small compounds where you, your you know, brother's family, your your mother and father who are also getting elderly and need additional care. Yeah. Now and all of a sudden these types of things make a little more sense.
3: Yeah, that's probably about twenty percent of our, our clients that come through are building it for family. Right? We hear a lot of I live in this His
2: The time is nineteen minutes and twelve seconds. We interrupt our regularly scheduled number one podcast in San Diego for a purely selfish, totally irreverent, sell-out cash grab word from our sponsor. Hernan, what are we selling today?
1: Well, ladies and gentlemen, DroneQuote.net forward slash Business Bros is our show sponsor. So if you guys have any solar interest, this is where you begin your sales process. You start right here, DroneQuote.net forward slash Business Bros. Drone is going to come out, measure your rooftops, send it to solar companies, send it to roofing companies, you sit back look at all the quotes that work for you pick the one that works for you select and get on with it start with dronequote.net forward slash business bros
2: and now welcome back to the number one podcast in san diego the business bros pod
3: so yeah so you see you know you see families that are building it for their family members a lot of times you'll get like parents that are saying hey i'll move into the back unit Cause I don't need this three or four bedroom house in front. Let my kids with their family live into that. Mm-hmm. Versus just they stay there and then rent out the back unit to their kids. You know, but if, if you can if you have your front house as your bigger house, might as well give that to the, the family that has the kids, and oh. then you make your custom dream ADU in the back. Yeah,
1: and and they're happy. It's right. Less that they have to take care of. Right. I mean, it has so. many, You have kids. I have kids. Child care gets so expensive. Yes. You have, now you have extra family, you have the additional help. There's, you know, every, it works just in so many different ways. Right. It, it doesn't always have to be that additional boost in income, but yet you're still going to benefit from the equity boost. You're still going to benefit from having that, the value of the property, the tax write-offs, well, up to, you know, 750,000 of acquisition costs, you know, yeah. all kinds of different stuff that you need to talk to your mortgage right. people about, your tax professionals right. about. But, um, but, but, so many huge benefits to that um what is some of the biggest hurdles stopping people from taking advantage of what's going on
3: yeah i mean i think you hit the nail on the head earlier which is how am i going to pay for this and they don't understand they're like they don't they're not sitting on a pile of cash and so they don't realize that the financing has gotten really one creative aggressive and convenient to use so Um, And not that it's easy, but you walk through the process and you can get that cash. And and so there's other cities that are doing a lot more of these than San Diego is. For some reason, we've only seen a few hundred of these roll through um, in any given year so far. Whereas LA has got over 5,000 per year getting through. Hmm. And so something's going on there where I think either more people are aware of it or they understand it. uh, And they're, they're starting to issue a lot more permits than we are here. So we really probably need this uptick to get it done so you know that's what we're talking about is just to create the awareness that you can do this because literally every time i have this conversation with someone you can see the light bulbs going off in their head yeah
1: yeah, yeah. once you can actually see the story map like I mean this is where you are we take these steps and you can get to the x and you know x marks the spot and you're good right but they don't have a map before right i think the other thing is also cultural um especially i mean living so close to the border we have a lot of people that live in Dwellings that have been converted, they just haven't been done legally or sure. with permits. And there's always that fear of that, you know, the county's going to come in, they're going to make me tear everything down. And, you know, but the process is here now so we can do it legitimately. True. So that you can get it done with permits so that yes. you don't have to have that, you know, looking over your shoulder type feeling with, with this anymore. And you can you can make these things the right way, the way it's supposed to be done. But I think I think there's still a lot of fear. I think it's also... Um, people just don't know.
3: They don't know. And that's why it's a big push that we're doing this for uh, creating the awareness. Like, here's how you can do it. Here's how you can build it. And so when we partner with our other marketing or consulting companies that promote ADUs, it's incredible. They get like sold out audiences of 300 plus people packing city college auditoriums, you know, wanting to get this information to figure it out. But it basically just comes down to call up someone like our company, get an assessment done, which is usually a couple hundred bucks to say, here's what you can build in your property, here's where you can build it, here's how what the parking requirements would be, here's how much it would cost roughly, right? And for 250, $250, to figure all that out and say, yep, this is what you can build, you can quickly do the math from there and figure out what a one, two, three bedroom unit rents for in your neighborhood and reverse engineer the math from there and say, do you want that month, much every month as a rental or could you accommodate family? That would be helpful.
1: Do you guys do those kind of consultations regularly? Correct,
3: yeah. Yeah, i'm probably doing three to five a week right now yeah
1: and and they're like group settings or they're individual ones.
3: no someone will contact us you can't you know we because we need like the address in a few hours Mm -hmm. to to be able to figure that out
1: basically go over tax records and and
3: yeah we could check zoning there's a lot of good resources like scout red's a really good resource that kind of uh makes it easy to search which sections of the san diego city code apply to your property in terms of what the zoning are and if there's any transit overlays, if there's any high density overlays, things like that, that'll tell you what your building parameters are for your exact lot, which is which is relevant because it varies from house to house.
1: So we're talking about, well, when you're talking about zoning, you're talking about... You know, the size of your lot. You're talking about, you know, is there brush? Are you behind a canyon? Is there, you know, is there water flow that, that goes down the backside of your home? Or that, that's that, that sort of stuff. Zoning,
3: right? and that's, that's kind of easements if there's water and stuff like that. But zoning will tell you what, what the maximum density you can build for your amount of space. Does that make sense? So if you've got like a 5,000 square foot lot in most areas for single family residences, you have what's called a, a Florida area ratio, an FAR of 0.5 which means that your total building area on your 5000 square foot lot couldn't exceed 2500 square feet.
1: So if you have a 1200 square foot home, that allows you for additional
3: 13, square footage yeah. that you can build on that particular lot. Correct. But if you already have a 2500 square foot home, you might be capped out. You've already overdeveloped your, you know, you're at the maximum development for your for your lot.
1: And at that point, you're looking at well, we can probably convert an existing garage or Absolutely. something like yeah, that. Absolutely, yeah.
3: Like, oh, I've got an extra bedroom or a living room that, that's, that we could close off, make an exterior entrance, put in a kitchenette and a bathroom, and then you're good. Okay. Can, you, can yeah.
2: you build up in those instances instead of out?
3: It still counts towards your floor-to-area ratio because that includes all of your livable space. Got um, it. So, yeah. so It, 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 would, it would,
2: doesn't matter if you build up or
3: out. doesn't matter, yeah. The, actually, what does, uh, doesn't does count is underground, but that gets oh. expensive. Really? Yeah.
2: Yeah, California is not used to basements. It's an East Coast thing. Yeah, Midwest. To dig,
3: dig them out. It's pricey. You know, I've I've seen the numbers as high as like for parking structures as high as like ninety thousand a parking spot. Wow. To dig out underground parking.
2: Hotel Dell just got done digging out a huge uh, garage. I can't even imagine ninety thousand per parking spot.
3: Yeah, up to. I mean, I've heard, I've seen it cheaper, like down to forty, but but coastal with the ocean and watered there—it's probably closer to the ninety. <laughs>
2: yeah, it was probably really expensive for yeah, them.
3: Yeah, exactly. But fortunately, they're paying five hundred dollars a night for hotel rooms, and some Chinese company owns it now, right?
2: Yeah. Actually, I don't even know. Yeah, but yeah, no, yeah, it's, they sold out. I
3: think it's being run—it's being run by one of our U.S. hospitality companies, but um, and a Chinese investment company owns it
1: interesting as long as it stays hotel del coronado
3: and it's, yeah uh, that's know, not gonna change yeah, yeah that's not gonna as change.
2: long as the parking situation is cleared up and we don't have to walk three blocks or four blocks or five blocks that's what's happening now yeah right, right. now i mean i don't have to worry about it because i got the harley and i park yeah. right in front right but the employees they're always you know fighting Employment. for parking somewhere so yep. yeah that's
3: a real struggle around here
2: yeah it seems to be
3: yep well, Unless you read Harley,
1: all you got to do is pay $90,000 a, a parking spot and we can dig underground. We're, oh, yeah, we're yeah. good, yeah, there you go. Yeah, exactly. No, but that all that information is really good to know because you know, again, this is an opportunity for people who are existing homeowners. So, y- there's a lot of properties, especially today, you've had long term ownership. We have people turning 65, you know buy the droves for the next few years. I think I think I heard a statistic, statistic. It was something like 10,000 people every day for the next like four years or something like that turning yeah. 65 were aging up, yeah. which means there's going to be a lot of turnover in homes, whether they sell, whether they go on to the next generation, whatever it's going to be. And they don't often know what to do with these things. Yeah. You know, the, the opportunities are there.
3: That's a great way to kind of age in place and retire and things like that. And that, I think it's a good option. And so, you know, one of the other obstacles that people have with getting these built Is Unfortunately, the bad stereotype a lot of contractors have generated for themselves Mm -hmm. that they're always gonna be a pain in the butt to deal with They'll never be on budget. They'll never be on time And so that's one of the things that we have fought hard to overcome is that stereotype And so we always try to make sure that our clients have an awesome experience that we are bidding out their jobs properly It takes us time to do but one of the things that you know, we'll we'll get is that distrust right it's like ah well you know can you save some money on this or that i'm like we can but you're going to get less you know like if we know what your budget is we can build according to that but um y- you know there's not many contractors that are extremely wealthy right i mean no. it's not it's not like no. it's a super lucrative profession where st- everyone's still working hard to earn the money but it takes a lot of due diligence to be able to measure out a work site and a project how much lumber you need how much drywall getting those connections to the utilities and electrical and roofing and hvac and foundations all this is kind of complicated for the most part it's not like a simple a plus b equals right so so getting that done right is important and that's something that that we spend a lot of time doing is getting those bids and estimates out properly so we're not going back to the client saying hey surprise change order we screwed up on measuring the number of windows you had
1: yeah your oops is a bigger oops for them
3: right and so so getting over that uh hurdle is 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 always um something that we have to do but fortunately we have good references and testimonials from current and past clients that that helps overcome that because every time we meet with a client they're like "Oh, our friends and neighbors say it's going to cost twice as much and take twice as long and i was like well that's the general stereotype unfortunately but we're here to reverse that
1: yeah well we're actively working towards being better than the stereotype right yeah no that's, that's totally that's. That's you. You hit the nail on the head. That is one of the biggest things, um, and you hear it from within the industry as well, not yeah. just the consumer. You hear it within the real estate. Like, I, you'll see a post on Facebook and it'll say something like, "Hey, do you know a an honest, good contractor?" And you know, you're reading between the lines. You know exactly what they're saying. Yeah. Somebody's going to stick to their numbers. Who's going to be on time? Who's going to, you know, who's not going to come back and say, "Oh, by the way,"
3: right? And it's tough though. It, it's tough, and and that's that's one of the things that we're working harder on is to make sure clients understand that what they're work, when they're working with us they're going to get a lower stress honest experience that we're going to come forward with it and if we screw up we, we most of the time just eat the cost ourselves we're like well we screwed up on that or we, we under we didn't realize our sub that does the foundation was going to charge us this much more but yeah. we'll eat it because that was on us you know we should have controlled the sub so we're we're working hard to overcome that stereotype and, and really deliver a good lower stress experience for people because it's stressful right oh, absolutely you know moving stressful and building something or remodeling your home is stressful
1: and so far as a result, of you guys doing that how's it been
3: yeah it's been really good i mean we've got really good reviews online i mean my business from the last year literally has tripled for this year and i think next year will probably triple again based on the projections i'm seeing for all the adus that we've got under contract so that's good and so um, we're actively hiring too you know on our construction team so looking for good project managers and estimators specifically finding a good estimator is tough, but the construction business is slammed right now i mean construction is through the roof Especially with all the fires that are going on up and down the state, all those people are working. And so, you know, one of the red flags that I tell people when they say, hey, we need we need this work done and start on Monday. I'm like, one, that's a red flag if you can find anyone that's ready to start on Monday. <laughs> right. Because like, why aren't they busy already? Right. Right. Two or they're, they're just lying to you because they're not going to show up for another three weeks until they actually have their crew ready. So um, it's a busy industry, but you know we set the precedent right. Like it's going to take us two weeks to get that estimate back, and we're not going to be able to even start work for another two months. And here's why. Yeah, and here's why because we do it right, and we've got guys on payroll, and I can't just have them on standby waiting for you to call me saying I need my bathroom redone.
1: Totally makes sense. <laughs> like, I wish I wish I can be at your beck and call, right? I <laughs> yeah. wish it was that simple. Right. But I got a business to operate No, I, I in and a client i think for the most part
3: appreciates that yes and when i explain it to them they're like that makes sense yes they're like oh i got it you can't just have guys standing around waiting no i gotta keep them working because i gotta pay their bills right
1: well let's do something i want to make sure that uh i want you to look at this camera right here let people know how to get a hold of you i mean we've we've given a lot of good information here we've talked about the adus yeah we've talked about the quality of of service that you provide for the customer how do they get a hold of you if they want to work
3: with you? Yeah, our website's probably got some good resources on there. It's calhomeco.com. It's C-A-L-H-O-M-E-C-O.com. Otherwise, our main line is 858-633-7812. And that gets picked up by one of my assistants. They can always pass me the call whenever they need to. And, um, yeah, we're there. We, we take good care of our clients and try to keep track of them all and make sure they, get, they, they know what's going on.
1: And that's the best way to get a hold of you if you want to talk a little bit about ADUs for their particular units.
3: By all means, yeah, you can you can contact me that way easily. So yeah, that's the number gets to me.
1: All right, Hanish, Last thing, we're gonna have you do the Astabro the section. So yeah. you Think of a question that you can ask James Rye, business or personal. And while you think of that, I want to remind our guests our uh, listeners 365 pairs of shoes ladies and gentlemen we are at 347 we're probably going to hit 365 by the end of the week but if you got new shoes used shoes or you want to donate cash hit james up 619-884-0045 or james at csfirst.com he's also in the insurance business so if you need help with your commercial with your business with your auto with your home with your life whatever it is that you need or maybe you have a mortgage company or a real estate company or tax company you want to add insurance into your business we do the heavy lifting for you so hit james up 619-884-0045 or James at csfirst.com. And for all your solar needs, start the shopping experience at dronecode.net forward slash business bros. That's where you start to get your AC bill down. Dronecode.net forward slash business bros. All right, Hans, you ready? Ready. What's a good
3: question for us? So you guys have been doing this show for, you said, a year and a half?
1: Year and a half. So
3: that's like 500 plus guests that you've had. Or just weekdays. Uh, weekdays? Weekdays. Okay, so still like 300 guests.
1: Yeah, we've had quite a few. We so, actually didn't get our first guest until about episode 90. Okay. Prior to that, it was us just talking.
3: So that's still a lot of guests that you've had through. Over 200. Who's yeah. been your most insightful or surprising guest that you've had on?
2: Ooh. Insightful or surprising?
1: Surprising. Let's see. I've had the memorable uh, first teardrops. That was uh, Gabe Mendez mm-hmm. came and told his story. And we got tears on that one. Wow. Um, let's see. We've had... Uh, Hmm, who's a big one that that probably stuck with me
2: i'll give you some of my favorites um anthony manzone yeah uh he's A a character and like just listening to him talk was like super inspiring uh jeff disher is another one um the lady who actually recommended you to be on the show which is jesse wright She's oh, cool. incredible. She's amazing. She's yes. Jesse
1: was one of the big ones.
2: Jesse Jesse's awesome. Like cannot sing her praises nearly enough. She's just just listening to her talk again like it she's just super cool. Super oh, cool. Absolutely. Lady. Um Eric Gilman. Eric Gilman just
1: the the energy that that he came in like it just anywhere you're around him like you just feel like
3: oh, juiced i've been across the hall from him in like a convention and i was just energized watching him being pumped up all day long <laughs> yeah like, yeah, like he's just got his protein shake and his water and he's just like go go, go. the whole time yeah, he's yeah. Awesome. i don't know where
2: yeah. he gets it from dan fulkerson the lawyer with the heart yeah like, right, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah i know yeah. The,
3: i know all these guys well yeah that's good yeah they're, we, they're we've good. had
2: so many Great incredible people. guests um and Hernan talks about this a lot. We're really looking forward to uh, Christmas parties this year and seeing, oh, reuniting go. with a lot of uh, people that have been on the show.
3: Yeah. No, it's uh, the, the connections you make, like we've discussed, are super important. I mean, that's kind of the, the key thing with this is is meeting those people and connecting with them. Now you're giving them a platform as well.
1: Yeah, and, and it's just being able to be part. Like, um, I turn on the radio and you hear stuff that Dan's doing. You know, like where he's he'll show up and he'll bring like ten thousand dollars worth of diapers to a, a drive or whatever. And yeah, it's mm-hmm. like, I know that guy. You yeah. know what I mean? Or yeah. or anybody else. Like any anytime uh Jesse puts out a a, a new real producer magazine and you, whoever's on the cover, you're like, Hey, that guy's been on the show. Like, yeah. like it just feels good to be part of that world. Right. You know what I mean? And yeah, it's been it's been a it's been a great ride. Um,
3: and it is small here in san diego it
1: is small here in san diego surprisingly surprisingly
2: small
3: i agree i I didn't know it'd be this small when i moved here a dozen years ago
1: well if it's small to me anyways if it's small for you it means you're doing something right yeah i mean right if you if you're floating away and you don't know what's going on and and the world is against you like, I think it's that time you kind of gotta look in the mirror and be like, "What do I need to change yeah to to make things different, yeah, but there's, if-
3: the, there's only two classes of people I always joke and say this is that it's people that work hard and people that complain there's no work,
1: yes. That is so true. Yeah. Or like I like what uh, Eric Thomas said when he's like, you know what, dude? Eagles and pigeons don't run together. Yeah, like <laughs> it's just the that. truth. It's just <laughs> the truth. There's the people who are going to get things done. Like they'll put their head down and just take one step in front of the other. And right. we, we talked about it earlier about you know going to the gym and I don't really like to do it, but I do it. Yeah. Right. There's things in this world, the the, the work that has to get done. It's not the most enjoyable, but you do it. And you find a way to make it fun and you find a way to keep driving and you keep going forward. And before you know it, you're surrounded yourself with people who are just as driven and just as confident and just as successful or even more so. And now you have a something, to look, up have for. something to look up to yeah. and something to compete with and something to move forward. And it's not like one of those competitive things where like – you know i win you lose it's like you won yes come on like that's a great job let me show you how to do it a little bit better well,
3: it's that rising tide raises all ships yes, right it's yeah. that abundance philosophy that i was yep. mentioning earlier is that like there's a lot out there if you're working for it there's a lot if you're yeah. not working for it you're probably not going to get much
1: absolutely absolutely Well, henish thank you for coming on the show yeah. and and thank you for the delay time man <laughs> ladies and gents i feel really bad because because henish got here with good amount of time we had some technical stuff Finally got it sorted out, but we had a little bit of a late start, so my apologies. Yeah, all good. Hey, man, yeah. Thanks for getting on the show. Um, Anything else uh, we got to drop before we go? No? All right, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, thanks so for having it. me, guys. Yeah. I appreciate it. Yeah, happy Veterans Day, ladies and gentlemen. That's all we got for you guys today.
0: Peace.
2: Peace. Positivity. And we're out. Bye-bye.
0: Thank you for listening to the Business Bros Podcast. Are you interested in being on the show? Are you looking to sell your home or have a business that needs insurance?